I have two hours to tell this story? But the initial answer was yes. Um, even to the point where I planned those first couple lines. It's not improvised anymore, guys. It's scripted. Um, it really is. There's so much script to it that I just like. Uh, I'm having a I'm having like a battle of the bands here because I'm like oh. I should probably download like Final Draft so I can actually like plug this into like a format that somebody other than myself can look at. And then I'm like, nah, cause I just got Serato back. <laughs> and it's not even all the way back yet. I still gotta, like here's the thing is when you're, when you're a monthly subscriber to something and you don't always have like verified, like I know I'm gonna have $15 next month like i don't know that <laughs> right now <laughs> like i have so many out outcomes for these uh variable experiments that i've been running on myself um and i also have to like i don't know um like a couple of my eps are getting close to done and like maybe even an album by the end of the year like a whole album which i'm really proud of um not to jinx it i mean like it's pretty much i mean like it's just it is what it is um, but I mean, like, one out of, like, and I, I want to say that it's, like, six, but it's more like eight or nine that I'm, like, working on albums concurrently, like, like, side by side. And there's just no way to, like, stuff it all into one project because it doesn't make sense. It's not the way that I've been writing them. And, um, I, like I said before, all of my albums are concept albums, so they're not... Uh, there's nothing that I can do in my weird artist brain to like make myself shift it to be like oh I just you know like these are the tracks just throw them together like no there there's definitely like a story or like a picture to be painted and like full continuity within that uh, theme is very important to me so let's see yeah so between it like I, I also don't have enough like memory on my computer to do everything that I do with it and I've been because I'm like now well I've been I've been saving for the synth that I've always wanted I've wanted this synth since I like walked into guitar center and fell in love with it like years ago um and that synth is still like relevant I don't know I feel like synthesizers don't really go like like uh, you know, there are MIDI controllers and there are certain instruments that, like, get outdated very, very quickly. Um, I just sold, cause I, because it, like, pretty much lost its entire value because they keep coming out with, like, new versions of it. And I also just didn't really like it. Um, I'm finding myself to be quite the percussionist. Um, and I won't say that I'm, like, the most skilled drummer, but, like, I did drumline um like growing up and and a lot of that like a lot of the cadences are like stuck in my I think it's like muscle memory so a lot of the cadences are like stuck in my um you know in my genetics <laughs> um yeah no so I, I'm I'm being I'm leaning a lot more towards like percussion instruments that are like that I can actually like use that muscle memory towards it rather than thing like rather than like just being like pushing buttons um which i also like like i said i'm like a huge fan of the push um especially once i just you know um started to learn how to use it and um no longer have it like i really would like to upgrade to the push three but i've also considered like the i think the um because i um i've always kind of been a fan of like finger drumming 
and so I, I wanted the, uh, I think it's like the Machine Mini or something like that. Um, the machine, like the standalone itself is like, is like a ridiculous amount of money. I can't remember how much it is. I think it's almost a grand. Um, and at that point I'm just like, well, I might as well just get my push two back, but it's kind of, it's hard. It's tempting. Cause it's like, they already put out the, the three. Um, and I don't even know what like they did to it, but I like, I'm assuming that it's lighter than the two. Um, and it was so heavy. That was a hard thing. Um, about the push too, but yeah, now I'm just like, uh, but I've, I've wanted this fucking, I thought it was Moog, because that's the way that it looks, but apparently it's Moog, um, fun fact, I actually almost, I, I considered very, very briefly going to Queens College, even though I, I'm, like, not a huge fan of Queens, like, I know some people are from there, and, like, it's so funny talking to people who are from here, and they're like, Nicki Minaj is from here, I'm like, yeah, but you don't see her, like, kicking it, because, because, like, once you, like, graduate the hood there's not a lot like i don't know if she owns houses here property or something or like invests any of her millions of dollars back into the the hood that she's from because everybody says the same thing they're like oh she's like from she's she's from a couple blocks from here she's from like right down the street i'm like okay that doesn't really mean anything to me not that i'm not a Nicki minaj fan because she's cool and everything um and like i just like she's very magnetic in the way that like her <laughs> and it like I, I'm not like a huge listener to her like I'll definitely play her especially in the shows that I was playing when I first got here because <laughs> like people just want to hear that fucking music but um I don't know she's super magnetic with whatever she's done with her body it's just like interesting to look at and her music videos are always like really colorful and like um like cool looking so I, I don't know um I, I actually really like Nikki as like a um as an artist but as a female I also like just being in the in the beginning of the independent like industry like I've always like working with rappers and hip-hop artists are always comparing me or any female they're like oh you got to be more like Nikki you got to be more like um and then Megan Thee Stallion got popular um you know and I'm just like there's not like there's that that's not my my specialty is not rapping about my body <laughs> i'm sorry like it's not you know there is like an, an elevated sexuality that comes to the with those artists there is like an elevated like you know i wouldn't say like feminist even though that's what the the, the new generation wants to call it. it's feminist it's not it's gross and slutty but i mean like at the same time you want to be gl gross and slutty at a party or in a club setting so i mean like that's kind of the point of that uh genre um, but like I, I, I've never been. That's actually how the the sunny blue thing even got started was because one, and I've talked about this before, but I'll talk about it again because sunny blue is a very important character in this series, um, and that's what we're doing. We're like reviewing. We're reviewing. What's funny is t I think today we're gonna talk about like that between seasons, like between season six and seven, and then seven, like in the shit show that it was or is or was. Um, just because it all, it, it pretty much got shit posted and there wasn't really, um, there wasn't really a lot of story playing into it. It was actually more just like continuations from like the sixth, um, like not a lot of, and a lot of clip, clipping, like a lot of clip show ink. But anyway, yeah, the character Sunny Blue even kind of came about out of one, um, I was just like heavily androgynous looking cause I was like surfing and living on the beach and like not really eating at this point and so people um for whatever reason you know because i'm always i'm not, I've, I've actually like 
I've gotten so comfortable in my, <laughs> my, you know, my celibacy or my whatever, my lack of like, my lack of care about my actual sexuality, that like I'm I'm quite notorious for running around in pants that are like baggy or like you know, um, my hair and pants have just always kind of like suited me in the way of just like comfort because you can dress them up and dress them down like you can be really classy or really ladylike in a pair of hair and pants um i've just like always liked them um like even since even since i was little since like watching like the cosby's um even though like that's taboo i guess these days i don't know cancel culture anywho um they i can't remember which of their daughters used to wear like the like when it got towards the 90s it was like they would wear the the big um like the 90s style harem pants and i love that even when i was a kid so um i'm quite notorious for running around in them but when i get really skinny i tend to lose like all of my all of my um <laughs> like my feminine features and i think that's just because of my um my genetics like i'm half native american and native americans are no notorious for being just like flat as a board um, so I was running around in, like, probably negative A cups, if that's a thing, um, just because I had, like, no titties at all, <laughs> and, uh, and no posterior, and, uh, people kept mistaking me for a dude, <laughs> and so they were like, sir, excuse me, uh, you know, like, a lot, um, to the point where it's just, like, I was also going through, like, a, uh, and this is how I have become method, I think, like, when I was in theater school, I always kind of figured that, like, a, if this is, if, this is something that I'm doing, this is gonna be my style of acting because they're really, it's true that like, there's no way that you can emulate certain things. Like I, it's even though it's it's not like if you're playing a drunk character, you should go about drinking. Although I've thought about that because like Sunny Blue becomes like quite the, um, quite the drinker um, to, to the point where she's like, or they, um, this character very much became a they because like the character Sunny Blue, if I haven't stated it out, you know, like, out, like, if I haven't explained it thoroughly, the character Sunny Blue is a female, um, very much a female, or even very much, well, a female, not even non-binary, but, um, is, is also, um, like, in the very beginning, just starting out in the, in the industry, and so it, it, definitely came from that like every time I would sit down with like a group of rappers or you know like be asked to uh participate to feature on a beat um I would get compared to like Nikki and I would get compared to like um Megan Thee Stallion when she was like first coming out like they they wanted me to to rap more like that um in the in the way that I was just like I, there was always a lot of blowback because I was like, one, I don't want to, and two, I just can't. Like, I'm not, like, like, my sexuality is more repressed, definitely. Um, but, like, especially when it comes to, like, art. And uh, especially because it was, like, in the very beginning, I'm not getting paid for features. Like, I'm not getting paid. Like, it was just, like, rappers, like, digging me and being like, oh, okay, you know, come to the studio or whatever. We're recording. You know, I like your flow or whatever on, like, whatever I was working on. Um, and so they'd be like, oh, you know, fucking, aren't you, you know, write a eight bars or whatever. But then I would always get the critique, um, you know, working in a, a very masculine, very, um, you know, very cultural industry, we'll just say. 
um, they're like, oh no, you gotta be more, you gotta be more like a female, you gotta rap like Nikki, you gotta do this and do that, and I was just like, that's not me, and so, um, I started doing kind of like, uh, I don't know if I would call it satire, but I started being funny and rapping more like a dude, like, I would just write, well, I would write, I was writing a lot at the time, um, it was just kind of in that, like, in that part of my life where I was just like doing almost nothing but writing and would like peek my head out. Um, and I, and it was still kind of a social creature too. Like I still, I think had social media or whatever. And, you know, I was always around traveling, um, like traveling cause I had to, um, staying in places, staying in hostels and stuff. So meeting a lot of people and especially meeting a lot of artists, um, you know, who are recording and stuff. And so I started like writing I think more like from a guy's perspective like I started writing like typical rap that you'd hear from a dude um and then like in in the way that like I would just kind of fall into that 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 mode or that character sequence in recording that's how like the very beginning of like sunny blue even happened is because like one of people thought I was a dude anyway because I was so skinny I was like sun baked, so I was, I was like ninety shades darker than I'm than I am normally, because um, I was just on the beach every day um, and in the water. And if you if if you know surf culture, if you know swimmers, like you know that they keep like very very little fat on their body. One, um, it's just easier to swim when you're like skinny and like pure muscle. And so I was because I was working a lot, running up and down the beach, um, and also just like not ever wearing sunscreen like ever <laughs> so i'm just like this this little cooked dude looking i also had lost like an extreme amount of weight in a very small amount of time of course so everything that i'm wearing is like i, I don't know like 1x but i had at least like worked down to like a medium or even like small at that point so everything was just like falling off me people were like excuse me sir and then would like see my face and be like oh that's a lady fuck like you know um yeah but then when it came down to the music or like um and it was it was a very strange summer but it was it was almost as if that was the summer also that I had this like conflict in identity because I didn't I couldn't I realized that I couldn't be super Cree all the time because super Cree had this like over the top thing you know, like, super, the original Super Cree is, like, covered in candy and wears a fucking cape all the time. I had, like, I, I, I think I went between two capes. And it just came from, like, me being in the rave world. And that's how I would go raving, is I would just go, like, covered in candy from head to toe. All handmade, of course. I used to spend hours making candy. Like, that was one of my favorite pastimes. And if you ever got a candy from me, like, raving, like, that shit probably still exists today. Because it wasn't just, like, a single band of like string I would like triple I, I spent so much time on each piece of candy like like notably um to the point where all the candy that I was wearing um either came from somebody else and I had like refortified it with like more string so that it wouldn't break um and that's another thing like super Cree like you can tell super Cree's been somewhere because you know um she, like sometimes um she just leaves like candy beads everywhere and sparkles and like a whole bunch of ravey things um in her and her travels through the multi-dimension she just fucking like explodes in like confetti and shit um uh and i just realized that 
uh, that scene is like lost somewhere. That scene at the very beginning slash end where there's like, oh, that fucking, I gotta, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just like so, I'm, I'm like avoiding my documents by any costs only because it's like the the music is crazy because the music will push me further every time i finish more things musically like it opens up like another dj portal where it's like oh now you have this or that opportunity but the festival project is just infinite and i don't like i don't necessarily get any (laughs) i definitely don't get anything monetary from it at least not yet um like there is a fucking what's it called there is a gofundme but then it's like when you read about some other GoFundMe's it makes more sense it's like oh like these projects definitely need funding more than mine mine's just like for for entertainment mostly you know <laughs> like there is there is definitely like a message but it's not like that's the main drive of the festival project I think the festival project is more just like overall about unity like unifying people that come from these very like um like very different parts of reality and kind of like blending blurring the lines between worlds and blurring the lines between like the multi-dimensionalities because somebody who lives with it with everything that they have and everything that they need and somebody who lives in absolute poverty with almost nothing that's just like living out of their survival instincts the the interesting thing about music as a language as a like as a you know collective consciousness is like that both of those people can have the same experience to with music like they can both be a fan of so and so or this or that or they can both fucking have the same favorite song but what is the connection in the music that makes like these two people connected through this vibration specifically i think that's like the 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 exploration of the series is like is in this I don't know. Like I said, it's like a collective consciousness, but I'm making myself tired just being fucking like a in that <laughs> in that right now. Um I need more coffee. I don't know. I've been overdoing it on the fucking high calf coffee and I think now it's just making me sleepy. Um but I really have been like pushing pushing stuff. Um and I just figured out how to like find all of my like missing luckily I've been like stuffing this one um this one hard drive with like all everything that I've pretty much been collecting over the last few years. I've been stuffing this one hard drive with like everything, like every recording, every song that I've collected, like everything. And so um I don't know. I think it's just like me being a baby at Ableton. Just figuring out that like I, I can actually recover work that I thought that I lost. And, like, I don't know. If you spend a lot of time in Ableton, you know that, like, if you're sitting there programming fucking hats or certain fucking drum sequences or whatever, and then you're, all your all of your clips go missing, like, you feel like you've wasted an eternity doing nothing. So I actually just figured out how to fucking fix that. So <laughs> the thing is, now I'm realizing that I'm more, I have projects more closer to completion than I had realized even because I, because I didn't lose as much work as I initially thought. And then realizing that, like, I've been doing a lot of working in Ableton over the last couple of years and not, like, not realizing that there's just, like, fucking projects and projects that I, that I haven't opened, you know? It's almost like a time capsule. Um, so I've been doing that, and that's tedious as fuck to me because, like, 
I don't know. I I like to listen to focus music while I'm doing this, but I can't listen. To, I can't listen to my Ableton project and music at the same time because I'm not hearing what the fuck is happening. So it, it gets very like boring and tedious for me. Um, and I just try to have like Hulu on in the background or something. But sometimes it's very, um, you know, like I ha- it's a very sensitive. So yeah, that. Um, but I finally downloaded Serato, and then I realized also that I have like. I don't know. I just got like a random. I I actually opened my emails, those spam emails that like once you buy like a <laughs> like once you buy like a sound pack from somewhere, they just keep spamming you. <laughs> I don't care because I take all of that shit into consideration. Um like that's the only promotions email that I'm opening. It's just like, "Hey, like try these fucking um <laughs> except from unison cracks me up because one time I was like hey like <laughs> what's up you gave me a dollar once and um now i'm gonna fill up your email with like goodies and shit i'm like that's awesome um because <laughs> um, there's so much like random like crap and the more that i learn to do the more that i can do with random crap i love random crap because because i can just change it into something else and it's different um and it doesn't sound basic but um what was I saying? Oh, like one time it was like, hey, I was like, I'm really into drill music. I actually really like it, even though it's like, I don't I don't necessarily like want to um, say that that culture is a good thing because it's not like, hey, like pew pew, we're going to go shoot you up because you said some shit on a track about us. And then we're going to rap about it because that's kind of like the nature of, of drill and rap sometimes. Um, I think I offended Gmo once because we were sitting there talking about like how, how basically like rap is an ancient art. Like it's passed down to rappers through with like, with spiritual intent um, to tell these stories, and that's like where it comes from in the culture. Is like a, it's like a spiritual talent. It's like a gift. Like rapper rapping is a is an ancient art um, from like the 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 very beginnings of the formations of language because the original like human or even like pro-human or pre-human language is is you know through consciousness is music like that's like as as much as we can talk about how space actually has no atmospheric sound like it's silent in space it's so not (laughs) there are constant explosions and sparkles and fucking lights you know flashing and shit and that shit it doesn't happen in silence just because our ears are not necessarily um like because we've been on this planet you know um we've definitely adapted to our our environment like just because we can't hear necessarily in space because of the atmospheric conditions doesn't make it a silent place the cosmos are are colored the way that they are because there's a definite sound to them that sound in the original language of the human origins or like i said pre or pro-human origins is music you know um and even before that, we could, we, I mean, like, it, we communicated with a sort of telepathy, but this, this all breaks down into how, like, the, the spoken language, the art of spoken language, because I do see, 
you know, language is like an actual art form, <laughs> you know, um, I even see profanity as an art form, like, there's, there's almost nothing that you can do to make me actually think that, like, <laughs> that there are words that are bad, because there's no such thing as language is an art form, you know, there's no such thing as a bad words, there's maybe things that you shouldn't necessarily say around your children, um, because <laughs> everything has a different upbringing, everybody has a different, everybody comes from different places, and so you may not, you know, um, you may not want to say certain things in a, in a, um, family setting, you know, um, but that, yeah, I don't really necessarily believe in bad words, um, you know, or have a different understanding of the, the way that, like, curse words work, um, you know, just because it's, it is what it is, it has a meaning that you assign to it, you know, um, and the evolution of language is very much an art form, just like music, but where was I going with this? I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's see. This is another two-hour episode about these seasons, the festival project, uh, music, how music is a language, unity, because that's basically, like, I mean, like, the whole thing is, like, a plur, like, peace, love, unity, and respect, and God bless Pasquale, because I actually, I did read uh, some time ago how he tried to, like, um, copyright that or trademark it, and I just, like, I don't know, in, 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 a, in a way that he monopolized the, the industry that I love, I have like a disdain for that business, but I also have like an, a weird um, sideways like respect for like, dang dude, like you're really about your fucking money. Um, that, you know, I guess he tried to trademark plur, which is just like a thing that's existed. Um, because I have, I have like a book about it. I've been, I've been reading this book for months because I read it over and over again because i it's one it's it's it has like one of those infinite value reads because i'm reading something different every time i read it even though it's the same material i'm finding something new in it because i'm learning so much it actually has a lot of like rave history in it too and it's like it's strange i've i've said this before about how when i got to this coast um i just kind of ended up in places that existed in rave history without knowing that that's what it or even dj history um one of the first places that i landed was like the bronx which sucks i hate that place so much like i think more than queens i'm not sure i think so (laughs) i was just up there the other day and i was like oh yeah this (laughs) but there that you know um that is like the birthplace of hip-hop which makes sense because I've realized in my, like, practice of, like, rap, and like I said, I'm not really a rapper. I have, like, a sensibility to rhyme, um, and, it, you know, the, the way that I've always had uh, a sensibility for language makes the, the rhymes that I have the, the talent for rapping, I guess, or, you know, for, for a language that is poetic in this way, um, complex and like i said i have another book on hip-hop so i'm like you know i'm like um what's it called i'm deconstructing music as i'm learning about it but i'm also experiencing it in like the i can't say in a three-dimensional sense i experience almost nothing in just a 3d anymore i'm (laughs) very much elevated and almost out of my body when i have to be because i'm just like nobody should have to go through this (laughs) um so i remove myself often um which is not necessarily even recommended or, you know, like recommended or, um, 
Like, I'm not pro leaving your body all the time just because you're dissociating from the world around you, but we do it. Um, That's why we have people that are, like, pretty much just in there. Like, it's weird. It's weird to sit behind people on public transit on accident when I I don't really have any business doing anything in my phone unless I'm riding, you know? And so, like, sometimes my eyes are just on and I'm not, and I'm, like, listening to music or watching my music. But, like, once I've listened to my mixes a certain amount of times, like, it doesn't really have the same synesthetic effect. Um, so my eyes will just drift and like, like the, the amount of milliseconds that people spend on looking at any one post, just like, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy that like people just scroll so rapidly that I'm like, how are you even taking in this information before you're like clicking like or scrolling to the next thing? Like people, people are just like drones on their phone. It's nuts. Um, on accident i was actually watching a and this is like on the same subject but a different story completely um i was watching a fucking um dj set and i was just like and it was weird because it was from the perspective of the audience and it was somebody that was like a few rows like 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 middle from the front you know i can't say like how big the audience was but like this person was you know like in a sea of phones and i was like that's weird to even think about that like as as a performer even that like i don't know i i uh i did this i did i used to do um like paid audience attendances in california because they they like pay you to fucking go see talk shows and shit that nobody really has interest in without being paid for it um although a couple of them were interesting um but yeah they they used to have like some of the shows like especially on the bigger lots like if you're going to like the universal studios lot um they had like in the entrance they would take your phone and put it in these bags (laughs) that were like what's funny is like you can keep your phone with you like we're not going to take your phone away from you but they would put it in these in these um bags that had kind of like you know how when you um (laughs) <laughs> like the sh- the shop anti shoplifting pins, they would like <laughs> they would like pin your bat your phone in a bag, and then give it back to you. And I guess like the 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 bags were made to block the cell phone signal so that you a you couldn't record, you couldn't text while you were sitting in the audience, um, and you couldn't like intercept like you know no, none of their signals could be intercepted or whatever because um, that that stuff is serious to some networks they're like oh well you know this this if it's being filmed in a certain time of year or whatever it's probably not, not going to be on the air for you know however long or whatever so they just have like that security feature that you can't use your phone when you're in the audience for some studios and um it was actually nuts to like sit in the audience sometimes and watch people like try to open those anti fucking like it was locked into a bag and they would give the bag back to you but like for the duration of the filming like you could not you, and they were like turn your phone off because like some people's some people were dumb and they were like oh i'm just gonna get my fucking phone out of here so their phone would be like ringing in the bag or whatever <laughs> and they'd be trying to get it out like just watching people trying to fiddle with these fucking bags to get their phones out because like you can't spend like six hours without your phone that's nuts um as a person who in in my existence has just never really been like 
especially over the past few years, like the more of an artist I am, the less of a phone person I am. And the more withdrawn from social media because I have to be, I'm kind of just like at a place where it's like if I, if I actually like have a level of success where I'm required to have social media, okay, you know, like <laughs> the albums that I'm putting out are not necessarily meant even to be like promoted. They're just there because I've been working on music for a number of years, um, you know, and kind of like, well, I'm taking a back seat to DJing as my profession because it's so competitive, but that's like the only skill that I have. So until I'm like major good at it or have worked out <laughs> hard enough at any given gym to be considered like a ticket seller, you know, because that, that sometimes I've realized with women, that's all it is. I'm just like, damn, she's super hot, but she's not mixing. Um, <laughs> like I've talked about that before. Hot girl DJs and fake DJs are, are so fucking popular now because like i don't know people are so like sexually affected that like i think it fucks with their brains or their ears and they can't actually hear what's playing like they can't hear they just see tits and they're like yeah like this is the best dj ever um and i'm like that's not a dj that's uh that's a, a sports model fitness model um you know because a lot of people like age out of their other careers or whatever and then just decide like oh i'm gonna be a dj because i'm super hot and it's possible um it's possible in the monopolized rave world which is kind of like i guess back on subject of the festival project is kind of what super Cree is about it's just like kind of seeing this world um being being uh you know um, like I said, I have like a, in a in a business sense, I'm like I have a ma- admiration for the fact that you've just kind of like, you know, like there, there was a time in LA where if I was going to a rave, it it if it wasn't an insomniac event, it was like an, a subsidiary of insomniac, um, you know, and even the other like it, the smaller there was no such thing as underground anymore because everything was just like above ground unless it was a private party, of, of some like super rich motherfuckers that just like owned a warehouse or some shit like you're not you're you're still not like everything was modeled around that same business model like oh well you know you have to get the ticket on fucking once that um i don't don't remember the orange website like you have to get the ticket on this you know and then you have to show the qr code at the door and that's how you get in you get your wristband or whatever it was still modeled around insomniac's business fucking because it 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 pretty much just like enveloped the everything (laughs) pretty much you know and like i said i'm a huge fan of edc i don't know if i'll ever go again because the hardest thing that it's the hardest thing ever to sit in the audience after you've figured out like at once after you've getting gotten paid for a gig but after you've actually like figured out like a the business b what the dj is doing and c how to make music it's almost a drag to get that's why i'm like it's very 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 rare to actually see me like excited about a show like i i'm not gonna go especially if it costs money i'm not gonna go pay money to go see like like I've already seen behind the scenes, you know, like, like I don't watch TV because I've already sat in a live studio audience. There's nothing that you can do that's going to fucking surprise me. <laughs> like I'm already like, I've already, I already know how your set is built. As a matter of fact, I can watch TV sometimes and be like, oh, I've been there. Like I've been to that studio. I've been to that set. Um, I already know, you know, how everything is. I already know how everything works. It's a, there's like an element of magic that's been removed for me being like in the industry and in the scene like so long. Um, so the rave scene is no different. Like there's very, very, um, you know, like I am synesthetic. So like the lights and lasers will get me for like a second. But unless the music is actually hitting in a place that's like so deep in my body that I feel like 
connected to myself like i said i'm very disassociative like unless it's going to connect me to myself um which is a rarity then and then i'm not you know i'm i'm not like somebody um i was trying to tell these kids at the gym that i was like looking for like i was looking for places to scout because i need to get back to work like work 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 and um and the internet is sometimes just like a black hole of just like you're gonna you know like your links are gonna get lost in somebody's email or you can just like cold email all you want but like with the amount of spam that i get that's related to music i know that like if i start spamming people for for the most part 99 percent of people are not gonna pay attention to whatever the fuck i'm sending them and if it's like on the level that i'm receiving fucking shit related to music like if i start paying a service to spam people's email like they're just gonna fucking it's gonna end up in the spam folder or promotions and then it's literally like i'm throwing fucking money into people's spam folders um you know um you know putting them on a text list and being like oh it's a spam call it's a spam text like whatever i don't you know i'm more of like okay if i have like and what's cool about me i can appreciate this about myself is that like i got to the point where running a a 3k every day for a short period of time but i will say a 3k every day um kind of easily at the beginning it was hard as fuck but like now i can do it you know in like 30 minutes so like walking you know 3.1 miles to cover every fucking bar and every fucking club and every like and talking to actual like people is not gonna bother me and being like hey this is my thing this is my i'm looking for looking for work but i also like have gotten a couple gigs and gotten like a couple places with just like the word of mouth like oh have you seen this place or have you tried this place or or kind of following the rave which is how i got into the scene in the first place and being like oh like you know this place and then actually like going and talking to like the dj you know and being like how did you get this job or talking to the the manager or the owner be like what you know what's your hiring process um because like i said before a lot of people don't want to even fuck with you unless you can like for definitely sell tickets and i hate doing promotions so much like i i fucking hate it um with all my little heart um you know that's like that to even get on in vegas they expect you to be like hey yeah um, stand on this corner and sell tickets for like a few weeks and then if we like you after that or if you don't quit then maybe you can play maybe in like six months um we'll put you on the roster and so it's like yeah all right uh whatever <laughs> i'm not gonna do that because um, i i don't know like i said i i can't i can't sell something that i'm not into i'm not i'm like not gonna fucking sit here and like sell this other dj's tickets like I don't know, make me feel something, anywho, um, yeah, but I was trying to tell these kids, like, that I was looking for a place to, to play without saying that I was a DJ, because I hate volunteering that information, because of the way that people treat you, people treat you like it's not a job, and it very much is, because if you've ever had to stand there and play music that's not necessarily your favorite for a number of hours, you know or if you've ever had to play to like a cold audience that's just like you know i'm not a headlining dj yet if that's something that's on my path i don't know me and the universe go back and forth about it but um like that i'm not somebody that's that's selling out major shows and shit so it's like i'm not always gonna have a good time if i'm playing like not the best crowd it's hard it's hard being like not a superstar dj just being like a regular dj so i don't like telling people about it um because they 
they have like this judgmental they either act like oh well what's your other job or like that's not really a job or you don't like work you know i'm like yeah it's it actually took me a long time to figure out how to like mix at all because of my synesthesia like the language that i've talked about this before the language that ableton speaks and the language that serato speaks are two completely different things from each other and it's very very different and disconnected from the way that i have now it's all connecting but it's taken years i've been doing this for years now so now it's all connecting in my head to where it makes sense but it's like yo i'm not even sure <laughs> i'm not even sure that if i hadn't a b or c or if i hadn't gone through like this traumatic event or like gotten it like gotten my head knocked around and this like i'm not even sure if it would have connected like this way i'm pretty sure i'm just like broken in a special way that makes this make sense now but it didn't before um so i'm just like yeah um counting my blessings and being grateful for everything that's happened even the very terrible shit i say that all the time and it sounds stupid even hearing it but it's true because i don't i don't think that certain things that make things connect with me would be that way if i hadn't experienced like a certain amount of trauma i don't know um yeah i don't know not to say that i want to keep experiencing trauma i'm just saying that the trauma that i've experienced so far has connected me with this part um like the the part of putting together music and understanding the the several different languages between the programs that i use to make it you know um to make music in serato to make music in ableton and i'm not like you know tractor learning tractor was a learning curve everything like everything that i've done to put into this like career now because like now i have business expenses now i do have to like put into like like putting out an album or ep means i have to promote it in some way you know i have to spend money on this or that like it's it's an investment so like when people treat it like oh well everybody's a dj or my fucking this is a dj or my that is a dj like no it's <laughs> i've taken the turn into like professionalism that like there like i said there's no turning back at this point there's no backwards there's no like oh well you know i'm just a bedroom dj like no i've already played like i've already been paid for it i've already fed myself doing this at sometimes at some points i don't even have any other skill to feed myself than doing this so at this point i'm very much like a real dj which is very much a real job there's nothing like being sick and not being able to cancel there's nothing like depending on a paycheck and then having somebody cancel last minute um like i'm just you know like it's a real job trust me um you know sometimes you don't get a day off sometimes you don't get to call in sick you just do it um because you do it and i actually couldn't i've started to think about like what it might be like to do that in the capacity that you've been doing it for so many years that is just not like like I couldn't pr- imagine performing EDC but I have a stomach ache or something or I like twisted my ankle and I still have to go fucking do it. I don't I don't know. Um I don't I don't think twisting my ankle would be that much of a fucking deal but like I don't know if I was just like sick, you know? What would it be like to either have to cancel and then let like a whole bunch of people down like fans, like actual fans and like I said, fandom is just nuts sometimes. The way that like and and because so many people live different lifestyles and different like variances of life like what if you saved up all of your paychecks for the for the next six months and like this was the concert that you're going to (laughs) to see this artist and this artist cancels or doesn't show up or it's just like fucked up during their set and so it sounds shitty um 
like what is what 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 if that you know um like what what if this and what if that so i just i don't know i think about i think about actual performance in the way that like i guess i haven't before because i haven't had to but now that this is like i'm like at maximum level fucking i'm not even at max level dj like i've I've never played a major fucking show like a major show and i can't think about what it's like to do that because right now i'm just in the it very much is a job i don't necessarily want to play this place but that's how you that's how you do it there's definitely like a level system there's definitely like a ladder to climb in this industry um because there are so many people wanting to do it um so that being said um let's see where i'm at I'm about to play some hold music because I still have like an hour in this fucking... I'm about to play some hold music. Um, multitasking again. Doing all my... Doing everything that I have to do to just kind of be like a fucking decent human. But it's it's not um, always the easiest thing making music. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, and also just like not... I haven't been writing lately. Which is, for a long time, I was like, oh, if you don't write, you die. But, like, I think I've maybe even reached the max of, like, yo, if you don't start to sort this shit out or publish it, like, if you keep writing, you die. (laughs) Because there's just so much of it. There there are entire parts of this project that I don't have. um, Like, I think about scenes all the time that are very much there, that are very much, like, maybe even published that I wouldn't even know how to fucking put my hands on i'm like which account would that be on which like which part of my documents would i find that in um so i'm gonna play some hold music again um (laughs) here just pick up where i left off right there oh hold on spun us into a more stories because that's what it does i th- I feel like that it's it's probably good that i've never been like thoroughly medicated for my add or else i wouldn't be able to do pretty much anything that i do even down to like djing but um anywho i was uh looking for leads because these oh i i went to this gym um i went to this gym that had like multiple bangers on it bangers on bangers on end on end like i just like couldn't stop shazamming i was i don't even know if i caught like half of the fucking shit that was being played there but um i asked when i first got there i was like yo where's this playlist coming from where's this music because it was all 
it was like rave bangers and i was like yo this it was shit that i've never heard before some of the stuff that i play in my sets already and i'm just like oh whoa like what it what it whoa and uh that place is nuts because it's got like lights everywhere and it like i i get like sensory overload in there actually it was almost dangerous to like work out because i was just like zoned um but that that was cool um <laughs> it was like a cool zoning but also also like it was almost too much because there was actually like music in all the different parts and it was like a huge it's a it's a huge gym so like there was like music in this room and the spin room was different music and the yoga room is different music on the floor is different music and in the bathroom is i was like holy fuck there's so much shit uh (laughs) shazam help me out here and um and when I left, because uh, when I got there, I was like, yo, who's doing the music? And she was like, yo, those are the people up front. So I was like, damn, like, this this is nuts. So when I left, I was like, well, like this is your personal playlist. and Because tra- most gyms are on, like, a weird, especially chain gyms. Like, chain gyms will usually be on some kind of weird, like, radio, um, like, where it's just, like, their friend, like, their, what's it called? It's, it's like... It's weird, and I've been to so many gyms, I've worked out at so many fucking gyms, that, like, I've realized that some gyms use, like, the same system for their, like, like, Las Vegas Athletic Club and, like, Gold's Gym and, like, uh, LA Fitness all use, like, the same weird, like, gym radio, so you hear a lot of, like, the the shit that you don't want to hear, the new blue Daba D song. I'm like, I don't even know how you got away with this. But somebody did make a good point because we were talking about how horrible and repetitive um, like new dance house music has been over the last couple of years. And um, he was like, yo, the fucking Eiffel, Eiffel 65 was like a one hit wonder. Like, of course they fucking... I was like, I don't even know how they get away with it because it's just sometimes so close to the original song that it's like how can you not make that person like a feature like how can you just change the name of the song but it's got like it's basically a remix how can you do that and they were he was like yo it's they're a one-hit wonder like i'm pretty sure that like like of course they have they sold the rights to it or whatever they're getting some kind of royalty but like it's it's not like they're still making music or millions of dollars or anything so it makes sense and i was like oh that's a good point but yeah um (laughs) new house music what's it what did somebody somebody said it was like pop house I don't know. It's so bad. Like, just, the, oh, let's throw some hats and kicks on this shit, and it's a new song, like, and then you just change the name of the song, or, like, you feature the artist. That one featuring Cherish, I was like, whoa, but I don't know. Um, A-Track is kind of a fucking hype DJ. Like, one of those DJs is like, here's $10,000, now I'm the headline of this club. Like, that's that's just facts of what it is. Um, and that's how, sometimes that's how you do it. Sometimes you just have a whole bunch of money and fucking connections and they let you play a certain fucking venue or club. And I'm just like, damn, like, I wonder what it's like to have that kind of privilege, or the same kind of privilege that, you know, um, kept you locked in during the pandemic to wherever you lived instead of locked out. I met this fucking super hot girl DJ that's like part of a dj duo at sam ash because i'm over there sometimes um she's like yeah i just i live down the street <laughs> i don't know what kind of microphone i need it's just i'm a dj i don't know <laughs> and fucking um this uh i actually this dude uh what's funny is i'm starting to build a rapport with the staff of sam ash which is like i'm not over there as much for this reason but uh this is a story within a story because i'm still not talking about those kids at the gym i'll get back to it um but yeah, she was like, 
um i was just like oh because that guy was like oh she has it she has what it takes and i'm just like not really like <laughs> like she's just super hot and you're a dude so i don't know what kind of talent you see in her from her just wearing a fucking bra and a pair of jeans in this fucking place but oh she has what it takes but anywho dudes are so fucking dumb sometimes i swear to god their eyes like fuck with their heads like to the point where it's just like you i don't think you understand what's happening to you right now um i think it's a i think it's like a a definite flaw in their fucking and like i said i love men but this thing about them where just sometimes like it can be the most brainless like personalityless person but they have a gorgeous body and even i can admire that but it's like fucking with the way that you're actually like thinking about this person (laughs) you think that this person has more to offer than tits and that's not correct (laughs) um but yeah um she was like in a dj duo or whatever and she was like oh like she was like 20 or what the fuck ever and uh she's like yeah me and my best friend are djs and you know like we play for i can't remember it was actually a fucking a really popular dj she's like we play for this person or whatever um you know like we 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 do gigs and um i was like oh cool how long have you been a dj like because again i was looking for like leads to to get to gigs and i'm like yo if this little thing is actually getting bookings like i have i know i have immense skill (laughs) in this subject um you know that i could actually get booked somewhere maybe um by following this lead she was like oh it's me and my best friend we've been djing since um like we started djing right before the pandemic and i was like oh really like i don't know i feel like anybody that had that fucking that ability like i don't know i just just like if you got locked into your fucking wherever the fuck you lived i lived nowhere by the way um during that and fucking had a, a like a satanic roommate at the time um <laughs> it's just like i'm moving back in with my mom so i need you to leave on this day specifically and then i did and then i went back like a month later and he was still like hadn't moved so it was just like lying to get me to move um it's just a horrible thing to do to somebody um like it actually told me after i packed all my shit like oh you don't have to leave today and i'm like today is the day that you told me to leave so all my shit's packed i'm leaving um (laughs) that was nuts that was a horrible fucking situation but yeah no that um that girl was like yeah we and i saw i was like oh so you learned how to dj like right uh at the beginning of the pandemic you had lots of time to practice and she's like yeah exactly (laughs) i was like uh fucking a uh i get so irritated when people actually get to live their life in a nice body i'm like what the fuck is that like to just like like the dude that was like selling her the mic was like drooling over her and was like oh she's got what it takes and i was like what the fuck that's all it takes to you like no wonder our industry is so fucked up (laughs) because all it takes to you is just looking like that you didn't hear anything she's done you've never seen her perform but like she came in in a fucking like tube top and some fucking jeans and like that's what it takes i guess i'm like i guess i ain't got what it takes even though i've been putting actual work in anywho my bitterness rant um i i kind of keep the i call myself a secret dj because i don't really like telling people that i do it unless it's going to lead to some kind of connection that's going to be beneficial um especially because i do so much else with like my my own project that it doesn't necessarily make sense to say that i'm a dj because i'm not just a dj um but yeah this fucking a um (laughs) this this girl uh oh no well uh, now i'm on another subject but now i'm getting i'm like stuck in that memory of just like 
that's why I consider myself non-binary because of the interactions that I have like this where guys are like drooling over this fucking Barbie doll of a person and I'm just standing there feeling like a piece of shit. That's why I don't I don't really hang out with hot people or famous people even though sometimes a lot of the times I get like thrown into those situations. I don't necessarily that's why I don't like it. I'm like if you're fucking rich, famous or hot, like stay away from me because I am going to feel like such a piece of trash around you regardless of talent or fucking intelligence or whatever. Like, like I'm just gonna feel like I'm dying inside, um, you know, and that's that's on me. That's nobody's fault because everybody like I don't know. My torture is being in my body. My torture is being this person that's not necessarily like the girl next door, um, and not, you know, not getting to use my body for my advantage. The main reason why my mother's like disappointed in my existence. Just like what the fuck? You're not hot like me. I get everything because I'm hot. And I'm like, I get that. I notice that. Having a best friend that's the same way. She's like, I get everything because I'm hot. <laughs> like, not having a heart at all. Being like, watch, I just use them. Like, fucking, I just use them. I'm like, that's... I mean, it makes sense, though. Because they see you and they think the world of you. But you're actually, like, a destructive human being. <laughs> you're just a toxic person. But they can't see that. Because you're so fucking hot. It's nuts. Nuts. Um these kids anywho this rave music at this gym because no matter how hot i'm not i'm still gonna try and like put all my energy and my effort into fucking i can't wait to go back to the gym six days a week i really can't um just because even though my body's been through enough damage that's just not gonna matter (laughs) um it does like it makes me feel good to be strong um so i'm really excited for whenever that is um because right now it's just not but i did i did get like a freebie day at this gym they're like hey come try us out i'm like i will do that i need to fucking i need to sweat (laughs) so at the end of this day um i'm trying to tell these kids that like i'm looking for a place to rave so that i can like try and get leads to fucking dj because their music was the shit and i was like whoa this is the kind of shit that i play this kind of shit that i like to make like what, what i was like this is your playlist and the kid was like yeah and i'm like where do you go to listen to music like this and of course the first thing they say is like oh you got to go to the brooklyn mirage but i'm also leaving out like a major part of the context which is that like i'm not trying to go fucking i'm not trying to go see excision which is i know that's where excision played sometime over the summer that's where the big artists play um you know the girl at the techno spot that i've been like in talks with basically is like oh yeah the brooklyn mirage is where they put like the big artists that's like the that's like the main place you know i think armin was there everybody was there over the summer but it's new york so i'm pretty sure everybody's here all the time um you know at some point because a huge fucking city um with lots of um people (laughs) with lots of people in it um yeah anywho so I'm like, where where do you go to to see stuff like that? Like the Brooklyn Mirage, and I'm like, no, I mean like more like smaller artists, you know, um, like like the undergrounds. Even though they're like I said, it's monopolized now. There really is no underground, anything, um, unless like I said, there there is. I know that there is, but it's like it's the it's people who have been established wherever the fuck you know i'm not gonna talk shit about these people because they're the people that control it you know the people with the money and the fucking property um like we own this warehouse so of course we can do whatever we want with it you know um like pasquale's actual friends um like people people that that have their own network and it's not like a secret but it is like elitist you know it is like exclusive to the people that have that own businesses you know to the people that have 
um, established themselves or proven themselves in, in that um, in that way of business. But I'm just a baby DJ. I'm not I'm not a baby DJ. Um, I'm, I'm more of just like a I'm climbing the ranks ever so slowly and it takes me longer because I'm ugly. <laughs> um, so yeah, but at least there's fitness. So I was like, yeah, where's where's the um, where's the smaller places like you know like the little clubs, you know rooftop lounges and shit like that. And and they were like, oh, you know, and this is kid, of course. He was like stereotypical in the way that like I know this guy. Like this guy is this guy exists because he's like, I just get picked up. Like it was that guy's playlist. He's like, I just get picked up when we go places. So I'm like, I bet. <laughs> I just get picked up. I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> um, but I'm like, yeah, dude. I need to. I need to roll around with you <laughs> if you're the dude that just gets picked up, because that's where you find the actual places. Like that. I was kind of that kid for a minute. Like not just gets picked up, but just like ends up being and so, like just rolling. You know, in the in the group that's picking up this kid. <laughs> I'm that guy. You know, I'm in the group that's like, oh, we gotta go pick up so and so or whatever. Um, you know, and just I just get picked up. I know, motherfucker. Um, yeah, and his friend. Um, they were like, oh, you gotta go to this place and that place, and so I got a couple places from them. Um, but it really is just kind of like sometimes about like exploring or being on the ground or just like socializing in the way that like I'm not ready to yet. Um, I'm just not ready to yet. I have too many outstanding projects. I'm not even, like I said, I, I, I rolled back my gym, my, my gym time, even though that's something that I cherish a lot. And I would rather be in the gym six to seven days a week than not. Like there was a while where it was seven days a week. And even on my rest day, I would at least go and like do lighter weight, you know, or go in and lift or run a mile instead of three or whatever. Like, but there's no it just takes too much energy i've said that before so i'm repeating myself um but this was supposed to be this this is i guess about the the sixth season because we talked about the sixth season yesterday um but there was a space i guess i don't know i don't i don't really know the sixth season ended in a weird place because of my my displacement my my accidental removal from the west coast and transplantation on the east um which i started i started writing this ep um which is close enough to ready to release to talk about it without jinxing it but i still might hold on to it just a little bit longer um the equinox ep just because it's not um I don't know. I I've talked about before how I really love Equinox and I'm still always going to be a huge um enthusiast for Equinox, but one they went up on their prices, so they made it even more attainable, unattainable. I wish more attainable. Um one they went up on their prices, and that's just mm-mm. um two, I had like a really bad experience at Equinox, um so that kind of hurt me. Like hurt my feelings emotionally and put it put the music that I was making about having this like um this this beautiful experience of of you know like physical awakening i guess um to to connect this um this you know this soul to this body um because there is a part of me that just sleeps when i'm not doing when i'm not being completely active um there is a part of me that just like does you know not wake up unless i'm doing all that like physical activity which is i guess could be attributed to the reasons why certain things have happened in the sequence that they have um but not necessarily not necessarily positively 
<laughs> I'm just like, oh, dang, like, I've realized that I'm a, a lot of the time, like, if something, like I said, I'm just like a trauma-based human being, which is not exactly my favorite thing to be. Um, I'm like, I would like to make progress in my in my existence, in my life without something really shitty and horrible happening to me. That would be great. Um, if I could start, you know, moving progressively in, in ways that are uh, positive without first having to experience the heavy negative. And I, I realized that like a lot of existence is about balance now. But it's like, is there is there is there like poles shifting maybe uh, hopefully in the way that like maybe now that because i've lived the first 30 years of my life like for the most part in the way that like in that polarity that maybe there's a shift so now like very positive things can happen um i'm not sure um like i said i'm not even sure about like I mean, like, I'm certain about death and life and, like, how there there really is no, like, extent, you know, to to reality that we are, that we do know about. That there is, there is, like, the only certainty is death, but also at the same time how death is very much an illusion. That there is no finality on any, any sort of thing, you know, um, that there's the existence just keeps going and going and uh, i don't i don't understand necessarily every like the interworkings of it but the more i experience um the more i'm starting to and of course like the more it just doesn't matter um because it keeps going in the sequence um let's see six season um i think i pretty much finished that story like i i was just looking for dj jobs like and and trying not to tell these kids that i'm a dj because just like sometimes really disheartening and really embarrassing because somebody's either going to go into a rant about like how everybody in the world is a dj or like how it doesn't really matter it's just like yeah um so secret dj one of my aliases that i barely very very barely use unless it's with myself i'm the secret dj um yeah what is that sorry distractions um end of the sixth season me getting to new york i don't feel like there's really much to talk about other than i mean like i like i think i've said before that like this this very unique situation deserves its own linear timeline discussion and i don't feel like doing that today um and i think that has a lot more with just like respecting myself respecting this other person sunny um and kind of like still being in like recovery and a recovery sequence from everything that can be said to have happened um because like i said everything that's happened in the city like i can't necessarily be mad at it but i also can't be happy about the outcome that like very much like jilted me um that put me in a very weird emotional state that that, and that's like I said me me being self-reflective and me also realizing that I'm not I'm not good at um I'm not good at famous people or dealing with them um because it's not when you're dealing with famous people it's not just one person that you're dealing with you're dealing with like whatever comes with it um you know you're dealing with whatever um you're dealing you're dealing with a, a certain amount of energy that honestly um like I have my own plethora of energy from a very very deep place that doesn't 
necessarily need you know millions of opinions or millions of perceptions about me um which i've learned through this podcast series so that that's not gonna happen today even though i thought that that would be the next episode i'm like oh we gotta talk about we gotta talk about sunny we do at some point because that's a lot of the fan base like what's fucked up about the infinite scroll files or ausla confidential is i deleted that i canceled that shit myself and then when i brought it back for whatever reason and I'll, I'll never remember at all it came back with such a fierceness and such a force that the fan base still exceeded the fan bases from the other three series even in being canceled already like it came back with like higher numbers than everybody i was like oh i deleted it for the in the first place because it had so many i was like this has way too many downloads just for being fucking skrillex that's it um that's it this has way too many i was like i was like mad i was like fuck this and then i brought it back for whatever reason but it had to have been important because i wouldn't do something like that without just like being like oh well this has a this has a point you know i don't i don't think it, i would bring it back I don't, I don't remember why i did but it was obviously serious because i did and when it came back it came back with such a force that i was like why what is happening like what how is this and it's true though this this person's fame almost overflows into that like he's become like a bridge artists in that like if you've never heard of somebody but somebody works with them like all of a sudden like you know who that person is because they worked with that person but again we're also coming out of an industry where if you have like as a rapper or as a artist or you know even i feel like as on a production side um that person has so much inner workings and like inner i don't know there's so much so many secrets and so many things like like i said i'm i'm just now starting to be able to pull apart like even the early work with my inner ear with like my synesthetics and being like oh this makes sense like the way that this music is translated is very very unique um it's very very much of a talent and it, like that's why he's so respected and why he's so coveted in this in this industry like as a producer and as a sound engineer because engineering is its own science in itself um so to be able to have this ability to be able to do these things i think i think i'm pretty sure is like the only person in the world who can do certain things period um you know and like whether he has the the wants to be able to like pass that knowledge down to, to other people which i'm sure that he does um you know or even even this energy is is a force in itself and even like second and third handedly through me who was i okay i can't remember what what producer in the old days i was reading about but i was reading about in this book that i've been reading over and over um reading about this um this producer like a pioneer producer that like people would say oh that's the this effect because like you're learning how to do something only one person ever did but because that one person did it it was like <laughs> it, you're learning it like second and third handedly and that's what i feel like has been happening um because like i said i vaulted this music cuz i just couldn't <laughs> i couldn't handle it emotionally anymore um and when we when we talk about the beginning of the story it will make a whole lot i guess sense a lot more sense like in a in a linear fashion but like i don't know i feel like it's like oh my god it's like the waves of it like i'm learning things from him without learning them firsthandedly from him and it's weird um because i'm like making music that's like holy shit this sounds a lot like this without having to like 
go back and copy it because i hate i hate copying i don't like i have a whole different project for music that sounds like dead mouse because it sounds so much like dead mouse that i don't want it to have anything to do with me just because i'm trying to stay out of the fucking i'm trying to sound i'm trying not to sound like anybody i'm trying to sound like me but sometimes when you've been like you know sometimes it is intrinsic in my programming like oh this just sounds like this because i have fucking this is this is the way that it i've been i don't know it's just in my body in a certain way um like having to having to have that peace to sleep has has also made up like a certain part of my musical aspect in a way that i'm not being i'm not necessarily trying to sound like a certain person but sometimes just do because it's a part of me um you know um that's just how how it's happened um, and I think that's kind of how it works in mastery and in, in apprenticeship is that you're choosing like I specifically when it came down to like, yo, I had another DJ um, that was richer than me, um, but I was actually a little bit more like further in producing um, and, and tell him tell me that like, hey, um, like as far as like performance goes, like you're, you're going to want to purchase your music like you can't um and that's coming back on me in such a major way um that like uh, as a performing dj a lot of your music can't just be downloaded one for quality and two there are certain systems as a dj that you that will not allow like certain music if you download it in a certain way like it's not gonna play it um so that um but like i said i'm like ten thousand in the hole deep from just like music that i need to purchase um and that's that's like a whole nother story but not really um but like when it came down to like actually being a dj and actually being serious about it in my path which was not necessarily forced upon me but it also was not necessarily a choice that i consciously made it was just kind of like hey you have this you have this ability you have this talent so this is what you're gonna be and i was like um very resistant in the beginning very 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 resistant i was like there's no way i could be a dj one because everybody wants to be a dj and i've talked so much about like my personal pet peeve of doing what everybody else is doing you will never see me with a fucking mark jacobs tote bag ever you will never see me in a fucking pair of crocs ever because everybody's doing it and so there's certain things that it's just like i don't want to do this because everybody's doing it there are certain artists that i won't listen to because everybody listens to them um like because it's such a, a fucking common thing like i'm just i've always just always just been you know like a trendsetter even not to the to the point where i'm like being consciously uncommon but if i start painting my fingernails a certain way or doing my hair a certain way and then everybody around me starts copying me i will change myself <laughs> i will change myself from what everybody has decided to copy because they liked seeing it on me i don't mean to copy artists when i'm making music um there, there's actually even a track that sounds too much too much like not even like whatever sunny is making now but so much like the original like in introduction into skrillex that like i i'm like how can i make this not <laughs> skrillex but it is like the original skrillex not the evolved um version of whatever you know um like i said he's just a master at staying relevant but anywho when it came to mastery and picking my 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 you know um like what what can i play in my sets that are going to be 
without fail like I can always go like you know I can always go back to Benny Benassi so I picked Benny Benassi um and this is like I said I'm spending music I'm spending money on this music like I'm I'm actually buying catalogs of of people's things because I wanted them there's there's still an album by the way by Carl Cox that like I don't think it ever came out in the U.S. and it pisses me off because I pre-ordered it and then I don't know what happened but like I never got the rest of that album so I don't know if it just never came out in the states but it (laughs) when it came out like I remember the day and I went back to go download the rest of it because it was like oh you can have the singles uh with the pre-order purchase you can have the singles um but like the rest of it's going to come out on this day and then I went back on that day because I was like oh Carl Cox I love Carl Cox and fucking (laughs) um it was like not released in the U.S. and I was like what and then um it was like months or even year a year after the initial release i was like where is this album is it out in the u.s yet and it still hadn't come out so i don't know what the fuck happened to that but i paid for the whole thing and never got it um let's see what else oh who else um when it came down to like the mastery of the the being able to play long sets because at first like at first i couldn't really do more than like 15 20 minutes without like fucking up but like i wasn't i wasn't harmonically mixing necessarily or i was because like it with the kind of synesthesia that i have it like not harmonically mixing rubbed up against my spine and like the way that like i wanted to throw something um when i first started djing i actually did throw things like i would be so mad because i wanted to go straight to dubstep when i started mixing i was like dubstep <laughs> and they know like you without actually knowing what you're doing or i guess some people are just like i don't know if they're just like npcs or whatever if you can go straight from not knowing anything about mixing to mixing dubstep harmonically um you know or doing double drops or even triple drops or whatever the fuck the big guys are doing good for you i've never met that person like you can it's easy with house music um which is when i i really got my ground but like in progressive house but like no when i picked my because I was like, well, what's without fail going to sound good pretty much anywhere? Like, when I picked my weapons for my arsenal, it was um, Benny Benassi, Carl Cox, um, Dead Mouse. I bought every fucking Dead Mouse album available to me. Um, which it, which was funny because that, like, I hadn't even really been a Dead Mouse fan before that. I had never seen Dead Mouse um, actually you know and i had never been a fan because he was so popular but i picked dead mouse because he was so popular in the way that like every every like without fail you know like i said i wanted to be able to fall back on something that was that was going to guide me and then because because i enjoyed myself so much at that edc the first time that i actually saw dead mouse i like started listening to it but the thing about me as a dj with music that i'm listening to or music that i'm playing are like a lot of the times two different things and there was no way that i was like something that i enjoyed so much um because i was like such a late i was like so late in the game to actually liking that music um i've told that story before definitely how i how i was like babysitting this kid um my little cousin and it was just like she would not stop bothering me about dead mouse but at the same time i was not about to like um i was not about to fucking i was like shut the fuck up because she was like 12 maybe 11 i don't know she was definitely like she's she's a lot younger than me um and she would not shut up about this fucking thing and i was like whatever you're into is stupid listen to the beatles um but i told that story before but that's that's literally like the first time i ever heard about dead mouse was 
I was already in college, but I was babysitting this middle schooler who wouldn't shut the fuck up about candy. And she was like, yeah, they call me ecstasy. And I was like, whatever, shut the fuck up. Um, and I would not listen to Dead Mouse for anything. Um, but knowing, like coming from the, the rave world, um, you know, just knowing that it was immensely it was immensely popular or even immensely at some times not popular to the point where in my in my evolution when i became like a skrillex diehard fan um and they had that beef that i automatically was just like in the fandom of things of just being like what whoever this dead mouse is guy fuck him like no (laughs) like you know um because because that's that's how it is sometimes in fandom and his fans are like like i said the skrillex red is the worst place ever uh, ever um but yeah no his fans go hard for him no matter yeah and if you read that beef now if you go over if you go back 10 years and actually read that beef you're like holy shit like the mouse makes some points um and and does it very eloquently <laughs> um but it doesn't matter because sunny's fandom is just like no shut up and, and and they they won that fight for him even though he technically lost <laughs> um that argument completely i don't know um but at the same time dead mouse is an asshole notoriously to the point where if you listen to his music it's almost contradictory to the person that he i i won't even say is like puts out because you can tell he's just like a fucking he's he he's you know he's soft as fuck um like you know he is he's softy um is is very um even sweet um in in a way that like a masculine like if you were if you were a, a super what's it called there's like the beta and the alpha if you're like a super alpha you'd probably take that in the in the worst way being called sweet or soft but it's true because like i said i've spent a lot of time in dead mouse and which is a construct that is is very immense and infinite in itself you know because it seems simple but it's not it's very complex very very music music that's built with precision which is why i'm really glad that as a dj purchasing this music like was probably one of the best decisions for me and then not even playing it until i met that kid in mexico from rome that was like my my father is dj his father is dj um he was going through my music library because he was giving me a whole bunch of stuff he was like i don't play this in my sets anymore um here you can have this you know or whatever this is released from my label um but he was going through my library and he was like oh good you play dead mouse and i was like no i don't because i didn't um i didn't when it came to performance i was like this is for me and this is mine um i didn't play it at all <laughs> and uh, he was like no you play it and like he just like he, he gave me this look with like he was like yes you do play dead mouse and i was like okay but like from i guess from that um from that experience when i actually started playing it like realizing how much easier it made the transition from playing sets that were like 20 30 minutes into playing sets that were like you know an hour plus easy you know um like playing actual gigs and performing like um you know like i played my first two hour set and i don't think i i think that i was avoiding but probably wouldn't have gotten through it without you know having played like you know, at least a dead mouse track um you know but also hearing back music for the first time on like big speakers like while i'm playing it was a different experience um so understanding how this music is constructed and like the the um the way that it's mixed but either way i I got off subject but not really because it's all the same it all feeds into itself 
it really does um but yeah no i have this one particular track and i had a dream about this fucking i had the weirdest dream last night i guess i'll go ahead and talk about it because i just i just i don't i don't i don't really talk about my dreams anymore but I'm done. it was a weird dream i was like yo dylan francis you gotta listen to this song because it's it's dubstep and i don't know anybody that listens to dubstep but you have to like critique the song and it's the, this particular track like i don't remember what the outcome was at all uh, but it was weird because i was like dylan <laughs> like Dylan, you gotta listen to this. I don't know anybody that listens to dubstep, and it needs your opinion specifically. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't, re- I don't remember at all what else happened. Um, <laughs> honestly, um, but that that's that part I do remember. But it was it was about this track, this track that like to me when I listen back to it is weird. Um, because it's like it's this it's the kind of music that I always and I'm sure looking back from here like putting it out because it has to be put out now um like it it sounded like hearing back to it and what's weird is I don't even remember making this track I really don't I really really don't like I don't I don't remember having that length of time <laughs> that I sat, sat here and did it but I did it um at some point and then when i played it back because i did i took the the next day it was weird because i had like my spirit self was like take a day off and i was like oh because because i i do remember like finishing it and being like oh start to finish it like i actually fucking sat down and made a track start to finish which is rare for me um <laughs> like like i'll finish things but like i'll give it some time and work on other things between them is more is more of my process um but this track i was just like oh it sounds like shit's poopy and i and i did i didn't want to hear it anymore <laughs> and so i put it away and then the next day and i haven't been taking days off from music at all like everything that i've done for the last few months itself has been like centered around like the inner workings of this thing um but the next day was like yo take a break and i was like take a break it was like take a day off and i was like day off the fuck like because i just haven't been in any aspect taking days off um like for what this is i'm serious i'm 30 years old my biological clock is ticking i'm uh divorced <laughs> like this is not funny like i actually have to figure out how to not um like i don't know i'll, I'll probably never get uh you know what fuck it i, I don't know um like i don't i don't even know what to think of myself anymore i'm just like an entirely different person than i was 10 years ago which is i think the point but i'm also very much the same person which is i think the point um and just it's just been weird um but i was like yeah no day off what um but then i did almost i think it was like forcibly that it just like something was not connecting between me and my ableton or just like something happened that i was just like i guess i'm not um working (laughs) you know um and then the next day the next day um i very much was oh i I ended up doing like a double because i was working my regular like what i call my shift you know um because i'm just like if it's a job it has to be treated like one um and i felt i felt this way about what i've been doing for a long time where it's just like take it seriously don't call out um you know like this is this is how you have to work at something to actually be great at it or to actually climb the ladder as whatever i'm climbing the ladder as 
But the next day was horrible because my roommate just decided to call out of work and then left for five seconds, came back on some cheap liquor, and then passed out in her bed for like 16 hours. So I guess I'm just like not going to sleep. And I'm like, fuck it, like I'll just stay up through the day. And then at least like whatever I get done, like I'll have like worked, (laughs) you know? So I'm like sitting in my fucking... Uh, I spend I did spend a good portion of that time on Amazon because I was like I need socks and shit um but like um it was weird because it was like the voice in my head was like this is why this is why I take a day off and I, I opened that file that I had closed you know now some time had passed between it like doing it and actually listening to it and I listened to it and I was like what the f- this sounds so much like (laughs) i was like oh no like i was mad but i was also like interested in to the point where it's like i haven't listened to skrillex honestly in so long because a making dubstep i don't want to sound like him like the original skrillex not whatever the new skrillex is um staying relevant and being really good at it um excellent businessman um you know um just just very very good at what you know he does uh, like I said, only person in the world who can do what he does, period. Especially even to me, like <laughs> to me, and also like 11 million other people, and arguably 13 billion other bitches, wherever they are, in severe chemical love with him. I promise. I've I've traveled throughout the multiverse to confirm this. It is confirmed. Um, he will never be a lonely person ever, and and more than likely has many many children anywho um i listened to this track and i'm like yo this sounds like this sounds like the original that and i was almost disappointed in myself because i'm like where is that in my in my makeup like where is that hiding because i haven't listened like haven't been able to listen to scary monsters and sprites all the way through or even for like a track because it's not it after after this entire series all eight seasons and after the the actual breakdown of the festival project it hits different in a way that's like i don't know i can still go and i haven't been out like this in a long time but like let's just use dylan francis because he's the hangman here um like if i go see dylan francis and he plays a skrillex song over the whatever subsystems like the way that it hits in my body feels a different way than it did you know when i first heard it 12 13 14 however long it's been when i first heard it or when i first went through this experience of of experiencing this music synesthetic it hits different so i don't i can't listen to it anymore even to the effect of when he dropped quest for fire in you know in here um which is what this episode was supposed to be about but i just i can't i can't talk about this for two hours right now because it it like you know i get i think it makes me realize how much of a flawed person i am like i said anything having to do with fame or pretty people at all or just you know being californian it's gonna make me sit and hate myself and i don't want to do that especially because like hey i'm the first person to say like i love skrillex i think i professed my love for the person in charge of that project publicly very very publicly (laughs) um you know which i felt compelled to do because it made sense um and i'm not necessarily gonna fucking pull a max sheffield and take that back but at the same time like uh like i don't know skrillex just makes me an emotional wreck for whatever reason it does um you know and whatever connection we have in this existence or this past life or this consciousness or like whatever it is like is not necessarily even 
I mean, like, is, is yet to be revealed, you know? Whatever makes a certain person feel a certain way about... Like, I follow my instincts and my feelings very, very intuitively to the point where I, I trust my gut, you know? I trust my feelings. Like, I feel a certain way never for no reason. I've never had emotions from nowhere. Usually, if I feel a certain way or I'm having a certain experience, I can trace them back to a certain thing, and I'm like, that's why. You know, so I don't, I don't, um, I don't necessarily, like I said, believe in mental health in the same way that everybody else does. I don't necessarily believe in bipolarity or schizophrenia in the way that everybody else does. And I don't have those, but like, it's, it's reminiscent of a, of a effect of a certain thing that even doctors don't understand to this day. But understanding myself and my synesthesia, understanding the way that I'm emotionally affected by things, especially sounds and especially music and especially energy and vibration and those things that are not scientifically understood yet, I'm a very much a conscious creature. So what, whatever way, whatever music makes me feel, you know, um, is going to make me feel a certain way because of a certain thing. Um, so that that can be said about that. But I can't, uh, you know... And Dylan Francis really is the fall guy. I don't I, like. I said I can't really explain that either. Um, <laughs> you know, I could, I could, I could literally, and I might, you know, have entire episodes that I break down about each character and each person that they're based on in the series. That's kind of the plan for this. Um, is but it it has to be all within time, and right now is not the time for that, especially um because my roommate like i said is is volatile and uh, that is a vibration like i can't i realize that i can't be around that kind of person in my life on purpose like I, i'm i'm thrown into this toxic situation with this person because i i don't have any control over it which is why i'm not releasing this season at all until i get out of it because i don't i can't i don't have any control over what she does and what how it affects me so like sitting is sitting you know in a room with a very very intoxicated person off cheap liquor it has the worst smell ever like if somebody goes and drinks like the cheapest vodka you can find like and and it's in their system it's just like the worst it's worse than like it's worse than regular liquor cheap liquor the smell of an alcoholic (laughs) the smell of an actual like a cheap broke alcoholic is definitely different what's i find i find the smell of intoxicated men quite intoxicating myself it's true even in my sobriety i'm like "Mm, (laughs) you smell good sir like i don't know dude when he's a little drunk is sexy but like oh god there's there's a difference between like between like street drinker like i'm gonna sit on the corner and fucking drink this uh (laughs) this like uh the cheapest liquor you could possibly find whether it's light or dark doesn't matter like oh it's just a different kind of smell (laughs) especially if a person's been drinking long enough that it like it's in their pores in their body Uh, i'm like oh god god please (laughs) god um so yeah i don't i don't necessarily have that kind of control but i do have control over myself and like what i i do um you know so i've realized that like i can't necessarily be and it's not i'm not so much of a i think it's called a teetotaler like somebody that doesn't drink is a is a teetotaler from back in the day um I'm definitely a hedonist, which is a totally different thing. And hedonists believe in, like, immense pleasure in however you can draw it out of your life. But I'm also on the same end of that spectrum. Uh, What's it called? I I can't remember the word for it. I do believe in, like, um, 
like not giving myself gratification like fasting you know as part of this or or um doing certain things like so that when i do do them i get more pleasure out of it you know um uh, i don't know that i'll be celibate for the rest of my life in that same respect but in the way that i have been for years and at to the point where i'm like enjoying it like if if i were to ever like have that connection with somebody again it would be great <laughs> no matter how great it actually is gonna be great um so i realized that and also learning about the actual terms um behind those things and all the reading that i'm doing <laughs> but yeah no and um the same way with music like i'm like this musical sound better this musical tastes better um you know if i just don't listen to it for a long time in that in that respect i have a lot of music in the vault that's just not coming out um it's just not coming out it has no purpose to come out um for a long time um let's see where where can i go with this that's not going to spiral me into some uh other hole i don't know i i, I guess this is a dj episode cuz i really have so much like i have so much to do and then i just i just got like 4 gigabytes of fucking new things to play with and i don't have 4 gigabytes of space on my computer um, the new MacBook Pro is like $4,000. Um, so I'm just like, eh. Um, it's gonna be me and my air for a little bit. Uh, I don't know. I might invest in like an iMac just for production. And then that would, that would actually probably solve my problems. Cause then I could just use what I have for DJing and performance, which is not a problem if it's just for that. But because I also use it for production, it's not, um, it's not very much of a workhorse in the sense that like I had a pro once I think well I've had two MacBook Pros um and they've all met horrible endings and I think the the Mac that got stolen was an air um and even that one was filled to the brim uh <laughs> filled to the brim of stuff um the amount of music and crap that I've had just like missing is almost like it's inconceivable because if I were to like die in the traditional sense and go to a place where God was like here's everything <laughs> um and I think I've been to that place in a very distant very very distant memory here's everything like my internet history everything I've ever recorded every every song I've ever made every fucking uh, everything Every, all the pictures I've taken but lost or deleted. Everything. If I could just see everything. Like, my entire existence is... This existence is history. Because um, I always... I, I also live in this, like, hyper-awareness that this isn't it for me. This never has been. Like, this is just this thing. Being this person in this body for now. Like, you know? I'm just kind of, like, chilling here. I'm like an alien on a space trip in this existence that's neither existent or non-existent i'm just here for now doing this um until i'm not and then when i'm done i'll do something else <laughs> like it's not there's there's death is not the end all for me i can get hit by a bus tomorrow actually i've been told very specifically to not be hit by a bus um and then i was told after that by the same like spirit like don't also don't be hit by like a truck or an ambulance and i'm just like yo that limits my things that i can be hit by with things that probably at this point as much as as much time as i spend in the gym would probably not cause death <laughs> would just injure me severely or cause paralyzation in a sense that's like that's the kind of shit that i don't hope for like if i if i'm gonna be taken <laughs> i want to be taken completely like you know hit by a bus because then I'm, it's probably for sure death um hit by a truck 
also death unless it's moving very very slowly um you know <laughs> but i was like don't be hit by a bus and that was like the that was like the definitive like don't for years even because i was almost hit by a bus all the time for a certain period of my life i don't know becoming super cree and then becoming not super cree was a very very heavy experience which i could i could talk about that super cree of course will probably get her own episode because she needs it at this point you know at this point like it is it is safe to say super Cree, who is a superstar dj like probably like the superest superstar dj that way superstar djs out out superstar djs even like the heaviest of them which is how how these rave battles begin um but then also as she like gains more more traction more power it's it's not limited to just like the rave world it's it's multi-dimensional because she figures out how through a through a music portal through a through, through a portal um to, that opens up the infinite dimensions it's not just limited to this rave um world is also um multi-dimensional in any sense that you could imagine um there there is a scene where she like battles thor um what what villain is it i can't remember which villain which like super notorious villain she's like i eat like he eats my shit um but it was it was like a villain from like the marvel series that like (laughs) annihilated everything like how could you ever beat this dude ever um but yeah super kree did it (laughs) um you know um somehow sometimes wins all these rave battles with these like legendary 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 djs legendary uh producers or performers even you know um and it's just in this uh this infinite realm of being like the best at everything until (laughs) until she isn't until it comes down to like well now you gotta i think it's i think like the 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 knockdown drag out battle with super kree is like between her and herself um because like she like automatic automatic um because sunny blue which is one of super kree's aliases makes it does make a deal with the devil she's like fuck it i just want to be rich and famous forever um because of like some other stuff that i like i, I don't know so sunny blue has i should make a su- episode about sunny blue because sunny blue has her own story time their own story time um i don't think i ever even finished that thought where sunny blue is sunny blue because somebody hears sunny blue rapping and and is and who is an androgynous human of they uh essentially um or them essentially by accident because somebody mistakes them as a a male which is so much more beneficial to be in the hip-hop music culture that it just works and when it comes down to being like immensely rich and stupid famous is because they um are um, in a male-dominated industry a male person um but actually female and so like rapping with that aspect of having like experience being a woman but rapping as a male gives sunny blue that edge over pretty much it just dominates the industry <laughs> on accident and then of course like with the immense fame and wealth becomes kind of like a like a mogul in a sense because they is actually secretly a woman and almost nobody um <laughs> again the downfall here is dylan francis um nobody knows this person is a is a female um 
and and it's just like it, what's crazy about these storylines is they're so completely written that it's just like all i have to do is fucking sit down on my documents for the same amount of time as it's going to take oh now it's green yesterday it was blue today it's green sometimes it's white and sometimes it's red but i think it's the i think it's the i can't and i still don't know if it's i think it's the empire state building or the rock i don't know <laughs> i don't know i need to learn um but i'm pretty bad at it I, i'm like i don't like i don't know unless i'm sitting right under it i'm like that's the chrysler building for sure because i know where the subway station is oh that's the rock because i love the rock and i've always loved that fucking place i think it's just because i was a huge fan of 30 rock and then before that i was a huge fan of um snl um but only like the 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 jimmy fallon era was my era the tina fey amy poehler jimmy fallon um what's the other dude those guys that era of snl i think i stopped watching after they all like branched out you know um keenan because keenan's been in sketch comedy since forever and a day like <laughs> forever i'm like when is he gonna be a late night talk show host probably soon it's probably coming up uh <laughs> you know because eventually everybody wants to fucking retire into comfort it's probably the rock because <laughs> i feel connected to something but i feel connected to something when i'm in that building there's an equinox over there um but it's not my favorite equinox by far um even though they do have a sauna because there's no fucking free weights at the fucking equinox at the rock at all and that was appalling because i was like where's the fucking free weights i want to lift some shit they're like there's no free weights here or i looked around and i couldn't find them maybe they're hidden somewhere but i couldn't find them (laughs) i couldn't find them um but they have some ab machines that are cool i love equinox i really do i've said that like 90 times but like also their price has like skyrocketed over the last maybe it's just because i keep talking about it it's like less exclusive because people are like oh let me go to equinox and then like i lowered their value so they had to raise their prices i don't know this show does not have that much of an audience unless it does like there are certain episodes that have like a stupid amount of downloads for no reason whatsoever and i can never like put my finger right on it i'm like what makes this episode so much more important than the rest of them um but there's no there's no answer i'm gonna put on the hold music and then i think this is just a random episode about random things um about random the the festival project because it really is like at this point i'm just like i should pitch this uh, <laughs> i should pitch this but i have other shit to do um, to, like, be a, a functional person as expected in society, um, you know, this, this being an artist thing is, like, not exactly the easiest thing I've ever done, especially just being the person that didn't do it on purpose, like, I did when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I'm gonna be, I was like, I was gonna be a, I was gonna be famous for being a Broadway actress, that was my shit, um, you know or for being on tv or whatever but i didn't you know like i went to theater school and everything but then you know i've told that story before so it's not a story i'm gonna tell again but it is part of the legend of super Cree, and i'm just gonna um here we'll pick another song from disco inferno uh <laughs> which is a classic but whatever's on shuffle oh look at Oh, 
in this episode because I mean like it doesn't really make sense to talk about the end of the sixth season now yeah that's just another mode um I am making dubstep by the way that doesn't sound like anyone but me which is making me proud because I never actually thought that I'd be able to like handle the dynamics of dubstep um in itself that took forever um I did not and it doesn't it doesn't actually sound like I said it doesn't really sound like anybody it sounds like me um, which is great. I don't know. I don't know what Elias I'm gonna use for it because I just don't. Um, I don't necessarily even want to be identified, <laughs> um, you know, from it. I just kind of want to like do what feels good, and that feels good. Um, it's just that one track that doesn't. I'm like, why? How? Because um, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me. I lost that time. Um, so you know, uh, I gotta fucking finish folding my laundry. It's just like in a pile. Um, let's see, where am I at? Mm. Yeah, I'm just, I'm in a weird, I'm in a very different passage of time. Um, especially, it's weird that I've I've taken like close to two hours or even a little bit more than two hours over the last few days, um, to do this. Um, but it's definitely needed, especially just because I don't know, I don't know. I don't know when this is. I don't know when anybody else but me is hearing this. Um, I don't think that it matters much um, at all. The narrative episodes are definitely not, like, they're not, um, I'm not looking into that world. So I'm not paying attention to what's actually happening in dance world so that I have my own creative flexibility um, to the point where it makes sense. Because, it, it, you know, um, I just can't. I can't cross those hairs at the moment. I don't, I don't, um, I think I, I very briefly turned my social media back on to do something, to download a song maybe, probably. Cause I was like, oh, you can have this for free if you follow, whatever. Um, yeah, no, I guess, I guess just purchasing music, talk about, like, talk about music and how much like in debt to myself I am. Um, like I said, I started, I started collecting this, um, playlist like five, five, ish years ago 
called like the ultimate playlist which at, at first there's super crease ultimate playlist um that was like a collection of all the songs that i could possibly remember that i'd ever liked or really loved and it ended up being this like hundreds of songs long list that i i was, I was like surprised that even my own memory that it extended that much to me to to be able to do that i'm like holy shit like this song that song and what's crazy is the universe still helps me out with that that same <laughs> playlist and it is it'll play a song in a certain place that i like that just like shoot back into like my my memory bank from like my childhood or fucking from whatever experience and i'm like oh i almost forgot about this but didn't apparently because the universe is helping me out with being a dj which is like like i said one of the very few reasons i keep doing it i don't like doing things that are ultra competitive um you know except except for weightlifting that shit's kind of fun um i don't do it on purpose but i'm just like yo this is like I don't know. I I definitely go to till failure. I definitely do, like push myself. Um, and if it just so happens to be that I'm counting your fucking reps to see if I can outdo that, I'll do that. <laughs> um, I don't do it consciously, but I'll notice myself. I'll be like ten, eleven, twelve. I guess I gotta do thirteen. Um, but I don't. I don't necessarily like competitive things. So you know, DJing has been one of those things. Um, where I guess being non-binary very much might work with me instead of against me just because I'm not you know I'm not a cupcake DJ I'm not you know a hot lady that's just doing things because that's I don't know like I said I can't get inside the minds of hot people I'm like what is your like what is your process at a function that like is a but like how what like what is it like to just be able to go and like have sex with anybody like what is that like <laughs> like I don't know I think about these things on a fucking on a multitude of levels like what is it like to be everybody's fucking ideal like what is it like like what is it like to be able to do like i think about things in a in a male sense in the same way with like i don't know i guess like status and money because i'm just like what is it like to be a dude that has everything that you could possibly want or need so you can just literally do anything like if you want to be like i want to go to disneyland you can just do that that's fucking crazy um like if you want to fucking fly to the other side of the fucking country and just do that you can do that um i guess we're talking about it but not really um like you can just do like what is that like um because i've never really been i mean like i have actually the first not the first time i was thinking about this the first time that i went that wasn't on a layover to new york city um i did do that very um what's it called <laughs> spontaneously no it's not spontaneous it was just fucking uh impulsively <laughs> very impulsively um i think i was experiencing thing on, things on a multitude of levels and it was just like get me out of the city i did not want to be in la la is not some place to be if you don't want to be in la it's just not a place to be when you don't want to be there of of all the places in the world um and i was like okay i think i was like looking i just had like like too much money are not even enough <laughs> depending on the way that you look at things um and like i i couldn't really be anywhere um so i was just like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna go i was looking at the fucking flights like what flight is leaving within enough time for me to literally just leave now <laughs> um and i was like oh this this 
I got a flight to New York City. I think I was talking to the lady. I was like, where, where are these planes going, you know? <laughs> and she's like, I got one in New York City. And I was like, sweet, like when? She's like, leaves in like 45 minutes. I was like, cool, oh, take me with you. Um, and so I did. I went, I went, I came actually to New York City. Um, and it was, uh, it was mid-pandemic. Um, it was mid-pandemic. And so, like, I, I think I have talked about how, like, the very... But it, actually, that's the first season. So maybe that's the next episode. Is I'll build my way back up to the end of the sixth season by explaining how New York City just kind of has always connected me to this part of myself, I guess. Um, to this part of myself, I guess, um, because I came to New York City very, very impulsively, mid-pandemic, um, <laughs> got into a yellow taxi, because I didn't know anything about this city, um, I was just like, JFK, because they were like, uh, <laughs> like, I don't know, I've never been a fan of flying into LaGuardia until I did it, but LaGuardia is like the equivalent of Bob Hope in LA, like, LA has a like a multitude of airports actually they have so many airports um but New York really only has like LaGuardia or they have three because technically if you want to for a lot cheaper you can just fly into New Jersey um which I won't do um (laughs) it's LaGuardia or fucking JFK um but LaGuardia is actually really nice and quiet um is a quiet, super, super nice airport. Um, but yeah, that's like the equivalent of Bob Hope in LA. Bob Hope Airport in Burbank is like nice. It's very small though. It's not like LaGuardia. LaGuardia is like a, it's like an international airport that's not like, it doesn't have a lot of heavy traffic. I think that they need to expand Bob Hope actually even because Burbank, like <laughs> the air traffic over there is nuts um, to think about. This is a very small place. Anywho, I'm getting lost in my thoughts. Oh, uh, about how I came to New York City. Not for the first time, but the first time technically for me. <laughs> and I hopped in a yellow taxi and, and was just like, uh, take me to Times Square. Uh, being being super creative. I really was, though, because I think I had just recorded Iambic. I was like, take me to Times Square. And then, uh, like, in a yellow taxi. So, of course, I paid, like, some ridiculous amount. Um, but I had the money, you know. And so, so um, I, I had my, like, actual traditional New York experience of, like, hopping in a yellow taxi. Because um, the transit immediately just confused me. Immediately confused me. Um, and I just got used to it. <laughs> like, I just got used to traveling around here. Now I, now I know how to get to the airport. But, like, yeah, um, I definitely did not <laughs> before. I used to get confused about which directions, which train was going. I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, there's just so many connections. Um, But I didn't know anything about the subway. And you can't take the subway directly from JFK, by the way. Like, you have to take what they call the air train, which is another thing. And now I am very familiar with it. I realize that, like, transit in and out of the city will forever be easy for me. (laughs) Because I know where it's at. I'm like, Queens? Ah, fuck Queens. I know where it's at, though. (laughs) Like, the Bronx? Yeah, it's just up there. Like, it's so much easier now. um, To Like, I I definitely... But I still don't. I still... I'm pretty sure it's the rock that I'm looking at. It's green right now. I don't know. Um, But it could also be the Empire State Building. I'm pretty sure it's the rock, though. But I don't know. Um, No, maybe it's not the rock. Because the Empire State Building has the antenna. Has a huge antenna on it, right? I don't know. Fuck it. Um, 
Yeah, and The Rock doesn't. I don't think The Rock has any fucking kind of a... I don't think The Rock has a... I think it does, though, because it's a broadcasting center. I don't fucking know. Um, so confused about New York City sometimes and the skyline and how to identify the... Like, I still don't know if the other thing that I look at when the sun is setting is, like, downtown Brooklyn or Jersey City. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um... <laughs> but yeah, I at least know, like I know how to get around to the point where like if I, well I don't have to use GPS anymore unless I like have to go somewhere off the main lines. Um, but yeah, no, my, my my real first experience in New York City was like the, the classic New York City experience where it's just like, I see a yellow taxi. I'm just going to hop in and be like, take me to my destination. And I was like, go to, I was like, take me to Times Square. And the fucking, the, the dude was like, where? And I was fasting. I was like heavily fasting. So I was not even in the right mind, really, to be traveling like this. <laughs> but um, the, I was like, take me to Times Square. And the dude was like, where in Times Square? I was like, I thought there was only just one Times Square. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was just like, take, take me there. And he's like, where are you going? And I was like, a hotel. And he was like, what hotel? And I was like, it, like a nice one. I don't care. <laughs> and um that's just the energy that's super crazy energy because i'm definitely a lot more laid back than um my former any of my i've definitely had um humble pie served to me in a in a very uh in in a multitude of ways in lots of ways i know i'm overusing the word multitude um but i've definitely had humble pie for breakfast lunch and dinner um it, since this <laughs> since this time um but yeah, I was very much in full flex Super Cree. And Super Cree is a character that just gives no fucks absolutely whatsoever. Um, um, because is is a super-powered um, hybrid alien. Um, I think like a demigod of some sort. I, th- I think that um, her actual origins is like she's this alien from like a a different like from a very very like an almost extinct species but the only the only i mean like uh yeah i guess i have to fucking talk about the whole um skrillex thing at some point but it's just right now is not the time actually right now for 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 some reason i just started craving pastries like maybe even a croissant but i already had croissantages i could definitely go for like a <laughs> i could definitely go for like a turnover I don't know. Um, I think, yeah, like a crepe, like a crepe. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, Super Cree is a shapeshifter. <laughs> very interesting. Um, interesting multitude of capabilities this character has. Um, I have. Uh, I don't necessarily have anything to do but i'm gonna keep folding my laundry i know i'm coming on two hours um (laughs) coming on two hours um the very first season this this is actually i'm gonna make some connections now this experience this new york experience actually like i began recording because i was fasting that's right it was just like um i had just started recording in LA before I got to before I got to New York I was recording because of fucking A of course um because I was emotionally um um caving I had a breakdown actually it's the very beginning of the series is like that season one is like super Cree being taken off 
taken off of super anything and that was my very first um my very first serving of humble pie was that um or her very first i don't know i'm not super great anywho (laughs) um yeah getting to new york city um being like yes take me take me to the center of everything and then experiencing fucking times square completely empty um, which was only disappointing because I think that um, all all I wanted was a hot dog, but there was no hot dog stands open. <laughs> there was very much not. Um, there wasn't anything. But the crazy thing about it was all the lights were still on in Times Square. All all the time, like Times Square was still Times Squaring with absolutely not a fucking human being in it but super agree or me or but no, i'm not super agree we have definitely parted away since um because it's dangerous to be super agree you know there's there's like there's so many different worlds looking for this one entity <laughs> um this one entity this one energy um but only super agree super agree which is not me um so yeah anywho i think that's the end of this episode i don't really have this this episode definitely didn't have any uh, didn't really have a point, I guess, other than to like lead us into the what is technically the next episode. Talk about the first season, because um, the first season t- took place in uh, in uh, in that hotel room in Times Square um, with the episode live from Times Square. <laughs> I don't, I don't really remember that much about it except for being like. There was like this, um, there was like this never-ending need to hit the record button at all. I think just because I was fasting and I was like talking to my spirits, talking to myself, talking to God or whoever, whatever, um, (laughs) being very interesting, even to myself, to the point where I was making myself laugh after like a week, um, of just crying, um, of just crying and crying and crying. And uh, so it got to be, it got to the point where it was like funny, maybe even. Uh, what a day. What a day on this day in history. I just, I just realized the connection between <laughs> fucking, I, I think I hate Valentine's Day. I'm not sure. Yeah, well, you know, like I said, commercial holidays in me have not been um, friendly. But especially for the f- past few years, the past few seasons. But I, I just made that connection. The February 14th connection. I think it's a bad day. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. There's still no, there's no outcome on how this is ending as far as like, it, there's no say. Um, so anyway, that's the end of this episode though. Because I have some, uh, uh. I have things to do. I'm not sure what they are. At all. I think it's The Rock. No, it's not. The Rock does not have a giant antenna that lights up. Does it not, though? Because it seems like it's not the Empire State Building. It could be. I think it is. But I don't know. (laughs) I don't know about the city. But also not. Because if it's anything like L.A., like this energy comes back at you. So I love New York. Thank you, New York. You're the best city that ever existed, New York. Um, I love New York. 
upcoming. All right.